Welcome to the Keeping the Nostalgia Live show, where we interview athletes, coaches, entertainers, artists, musicians, authors, and many more on both our podcast and YouTube channels. We discuss their upbringing, careers, and what they're doing today. We document the past so the future can remember. Please like, follow, subscribe, and share our programs. Got a guest you'd like to hear? Contact us and try and get them on the program. We have over 200 episodes recorded, so please enjoy. Stories can't be remembered unless they are told. Someone asked me one time how I get my guest ideas. It's easy. Those I've had memories of in my lifetime. In a weird sort of way, it brings closure to certain times in my life. A history major at Indiana State University, I feel it's my way of preserving history for future generations to remember. Welcome to the program. A basketball hero around here is treated like a god. I mean, how can you ever find out what he could really do? I don't want this to be the high point of his life. I've seen him, the real sad ones. They sit around the rest of their lives talking about the glory days when they were 17 years old. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Welcome to Keeping the Nostalgia Alive, the Indiana Basketball Memory Show. I am your host, Billy Powell. Today with me is a 1956 Indiana All-Star for the Indiana All-Star basketball team. He also coached Hammond Bishop Knoll to the 1968 State State Baseball Championship, beating Marion one to nothing. Uh, University of Notre Dame basketball player and also a member of the Hammond Sports Hall of Fame, who was inducted in 2001. Coach Bob Bradkey. Coach Bradkey, thank you so much for spending some time with us and taking some time out of your day to help keep the nostalgia alive. Well, I appreciate that, Billy. Uh, you said a lot just in the opening uh, talk, and I'm amazed that uh, you have all that information. <laughs> the, the Internet, isn't it a great thing? Uh, yes, it is. Uh, I can't believe... Uh, the Saturday performance at the Indiana-Kentucky game, how special that was and how the people on the Internet found out about uh, that ceremony and and uh, how my own kids were able to go and uh, spread the uh, knowledge and the ex- excitement of, of uh, Indiana Hoosier basketball. Uh, going back to '56, uh, Coach, what can you tell us? What, what, when was your first introduction to sports? Tell us a little bit about your family growing up, and and were you what what who got you involved with basketball, or was basketball your first sport, or were you introduced to a different sport first? Well, that is a outstanding question because I was raised uh, with. Uh, four sisters and myself, and as a result, I was always outside uh, playing a game of sports, whether it be basketball, hockey. Uh, I was always in the parks. I was always uh, playing something of the sports variety. I was uh, a small boy. I remember a five foot, 105 pounds tournament that I was playing in. I don't know, fifth or sixth grade. 
And uh, the most important part of my upbringing was my grade school coach who was very experienced and had a lot of, well, he's actually my other father. He took me to uh, Globetrotter games, Cub games, Sox games, uh, semi-pro basketball, high school games, and got me involved uh, in grade school, which is another great story. We only had one team, the eighth grade team. Well, somehow, uh, here I am as a sixth grader playing first string guard on the eighth grade team. And for some reason, and it's an amazing story, uh, I played 50 games as a sixth grader, 60 games as a seventh grader, and 70 games as an eighth grader. Plus, uh, uh, so I was very experienced going into high school, and he he even recommended, why don't you go to Bishop Knoll? Uh, You know, try it out. Well, he already uh, got me set up because we used to go to Knoll games and uh, all kind of games. And uh, he kind of guided me along in uh, my pre-high school days to get me started and uh, help me along the way. Uh, And I attribute a lot of my knowledge of anything, well, and the experience, of course, uh, in getting me started athletically. And who was this gentleman, Coach? Uh, this gentleman is uh, Roger Begnosh. He's no longer uh, alive, but he stayed for uh, some of my success in high school basketball as a coach and really was uh, impressed by the defense that I was putting out there. And uh, that's uh, what I remember most uh during uh, our chats. What was the atmosphere like? Uh, or can you remember the first high school game you went to? Oh, well, the first high school, and that's a good story. I would listen to WJOB, the local Hammond station, and we had Frank Reynolds, the famous uh, announcer, uh, nationally act actually, who was announcing the high school games and all the excitement and the cheer and everything else. And then when I went to some of those games at the Hammond Civic Center, uh, I was amazed at the uh, the cheering and the sportsmanship and and the excitement of, of high school basketball. Was there a possibility or a chance that you went to some other high school besides Bishop Knoll? Uh, Yes, Uh, that's another good story. I lived three blocks from the uh, Indiana-Illinois state line, but I was on the Illinois side, okay? But downtown Hammond was three blocks from my house, and that's where I spent a lot of time because it was a – that's where everybody shopped and everybody went to show and 
and so forth and so on. So I had a background of Illinois basketball and Indiana basketball because I, I live right there on the border. And so what were, the, what were your high school possibilities, and why did you pick no? Because of my uh, grade school coach, Roger Begnosh, he says, why don't you consider going to no? So that was my influence, and uh, so I did. What kind of history or what kind of uh, – uh, was there a good tradition of basketball at no before you got there? I mean – and what was going on in the state of Indiana basketball at that time uh, as you as you went into Noah as a freshman? Well, I, at that time, I was just a young kid, and I was a, a year below age. Being born in December, I uh, was probably should have been in the class of uh, 57 instead of 56. But, uh, no, I, I don't... Uh, I was always pelling around with older kids, playing with older kids, uh, whether it would be football on the streets or or anything else. The neighborhood kids were uh, playing something, and that's how I got started. And uh, no, it was basically my grade school coach who influenced me as a second father. By the same token, let me say this: uh, my parents never saw me play grade school, high school, or college. So that's the type of uh, situation that I was in. And did, what other sports did you play? Uh, I know you played baseball. When did you get introduced to the uh, game of baseball? Did you have a favorite team that you followed as a kid also? <laughs> well, I played all the sports. Like I said, I, we played football on the streets. Yeah. I did play grade school football as a quarterback and uh, my mother because I was so small she didn't want me to play because I would get hurt and everything else and so that was the end of my football career in high school because I was I was so small and I didn't grow up uh, because I remember my uh, study hall freshman year in, in high school the varsity coach says, is there anybody in your family that's big? I said, well, I have an uncle in Plymouth who's six foot one. <laughs> and that particular, <laughs> and my dad is five foot eight. And uh, so that summer is my growth year after my freshman year in high school. And that also was uh, the year that I had to learn how to shoot a dump shot. And uh, I remember freshman in high school, uh, the coach said, you got to learn a jump shot. So my first jump shot was two hands over the head, and it just didn't feel good. Right. But luckily that summer, I was with a buddy, and we went to the gymnasium every morning from 9 to 12. And... Uh, that's when and we didn't have any coach or supervisor there. We just played ourselves. And that is where I learned the one hand jump shot by the same token, a good story. 
in that spare time, we would shoot free throws and everything else. And that's the first time uh, of two that I hit 98 out of 100 free throws while we were practicing. Wow. And the second time I hit 98 out of 100 free throws while we were practicing in the great snowstorm of 67, uh, we got stuck, a bunch of guys, including myself, uh, from going home. It was so bad. And for three days, because of the 24 inches or 26 inches and no movement, uh, we were able to go to the gym again. And uh, I hit 98 out of 100 free throws again. Now, at Hammond Knoll, is, uh, the, the gym, tell, me, tell me a little bit about the gymnasium at Hammond Knoll. And is it still around today, or is it, is it the original one that you played in also? Oh, oh, the original one, little gymnasium that I went to, uh, Noel never had a uh, gymnasium, so we played at the Hammond Civic Center. Okay. And uh, eventually, after, uh, in the 60s, the gymnasium burned down and probably in 64 or so, and uh, they had to rebuild. And finally, they came up with their own gymnasium uh, in the uh, larger area where it would seat, you know, 4,000, 5,000, somewhere in there. Whereas uh, prior to that, all the games were played at the Hammond Civic Center. <clears throat> because I do remember... Our basketball team went up there and played Hammond Bishop Knoll in 1983, and uh, in my opinion, it was a pretty good-sized gym. Yes. Well, after they one burned down in the 60s, uh, it was a beautiful gymnasium, and it was uh, new for for everyone because we didn't have one before other than for 200 people. What kind of what kind of teams? I mean, when when did you get onto the uh, the varsity squad? You remember the first game that you started for uh, Bishop Null? Oh, <laughs> that that is uh, exciting because I always brag that I never played any B team basketball. In other words, that's the sophomores' preliminary game before the varsity. So after my outstanding summer vacation of being in the gym from uh, 9 to 12, and I developed a jump shot, uh, I think the coaches were amazed that uh, I made so much progress from freshman to sophomore year. And so the first game against Hammond Tech, I sat on the bench and waited till he put me in in the fourth quarter, and... My first shot was good from the side. <laughs> nice jump shot. So I don't recall uh, maybe two, three, four games later that I was starting as a sophomore. Okay. And that started my high school career. Uh, and we had some good teams. I hope you uh, caught Ron Lineski. 
who later played at Kansas with uh, Will Chamberlain, uh, was on that team, and he was six foot five, and we had another six five player, and uh, we kind of dominated the boards, and uh, well, the other six five player uh, went to Notre Dame with me, and so we had some Division one players. So what kind of tournament success, uh, high school tournament success did you guys have at Hammond, though? We never did. Uh, Hammond High was the ruler, uh, and they always were uh, in a better conference, played a better schedule, and they were always uh, uh, dominating. And then they even dominated earlier in the 50s. I know they made some trips to uh, Lafayette for the semi-state. So, no, we never had any success uh, until, I guess, uh, back in 73 when I was the head coach at Knoll and we snuck in in the East Chicago sectional as a champion. You know, that area up there, I mean, I, I'm a firm believer that there are a lot of teams in that area up there and also in the South Bend area that, that the teams beat up on each other. And, you you know, they're, they're, there's probably eight, nine, ten state champions that are up there but just couldn't make it out of their sectional or their regional to show what they had in the, in the finals. Yes, we always had good competition with Gary Roosevelt, Gary Frable. And we always played South Bend, Washington, and uh, we always had good competition in in that category. Yes, and uh, East Chicago, Washington, has always dominated the area, whereas East Chicago Roosevelt, in those states, won some state championship also. What was it? so? Uh, did most of your high school teams just play? You know the the Hammond teams, Gary, East Chicago, South Bend. Did you guys travel abroad anywhere, like uh, down to Indianapolis or down to Muncie or anything like that during your? Uh, that was my great experience with Indianapolis because we traveled to uh, Cathedral quite a bit, and uh, I was going through my old scrapbooks, and I couldn't believe. We played in Paris, and people say, where the, where the heck did you play in Paris? <laughs> well, somehow we connected with Paris, Illinois, and they had an outstanding uh, uh, history of, of uh, Illinois basketball. And we went down there, and boy, we saw Hoosier hysteria at its best. And so, yes, we did get a chance to go to Paris, Illinois. Coach, where were you, and what what were your thoughts? I mean, even going into your senior year, did you even have the an inkling that you would make the Indiana All-Star team, and what were your thoughts when you found out, and who told you? Oh, no, I never had any thoughts uh, about that. Uh, well, it's, uh, it's an exciting thing, I think. <laughs> Our experience, or my experience, probably started with the Indianapolis Christmas Addicts and Oscar Robertson coming to Hammond my sophomore and junior years. Well, Oscar 
was a sophomore and junior at the time, so we're in the same age category and the same grade. And we were able to play them uh, for two years, and we defeated them as sophomores, and they beat us in the last second as juniors, like 72 to 71. So we got a lot of publicity uh, by playing, uh, you know, one of the top five teams in the state. And we we managed to play them equal. And uh, it was a great experience, let's put it that way. Coach, what was that like, by the way? Was that uh... – was it as bad or as, uh, you know, as that you read about race and the relationships between uh, the different races? Or was that, were, are you glad that you were brought up in that era where it was integrated and uh, basketball became what it was? I was integrated uh, in grade school where we would play in Chicago. And I mentioned the five foot, 105 pound tournament. Uh, we played some outstanding teams in the parks of uh, South Side of Chicago, so I never uh, had a problem uh, playing against others, and neither did. Uh, well, even in my high school career, I was always playing against them, and so forth and so on, and we had good competition. And uh, talking about the Indian uh, addicts uh, experience. I don't remember what the contract was, but after the game, both teams had steak dinners or chicken dinners or whatever. We met and ate together after the game. So that was another great experience of Hoosier hysteria and uh, getting along with each other. And I'll never forget uh, Oscar, uh, 20 years after the 56, when we went to the hall of fame in Indianapolis, uh, he was walking downstairs with his coach and I was walking downstairs with, uh, my wife. And the first thing he says was hi, Bob. (laughs) Okay. So my wife was dazzled to no end that, uh, that he would come in with high Bob. Well, we played with each other. We played against each other. And uh, that was a way of life. Coach, when did you get on the uh, college scouting radar? And do you remember the first letter or the first person that came to you and wanted you to play college basketball oh. for them? <laughs> yes, I got a lot of letters. I got a lot of letters in recruitment. And one of the we're talking UCLA, Southern Cal, Kansas, Indiana, Purdue, the whole bit. But uh, one of the exciting trips I made was to Kansas because Ron Lineski was there. And uh, so I flew out there with a Kansas representative. And uh, who did I sit next to at the NC tournament game? I was with Will Chamberlain. Okay. Oh. <laughs> and, and, uh, the, the story about recruitment goes back to my upbringing because my first statement to all these schools, how am I going to get there? 
Okay. So it boiled down to Notre Dame, and the only way I could get there was the South Shore uh, train station from Hammond to South Bend. And that's why I went there, and that's why that's how I got there. I was on my own. And uh, that is what happened. In those days, that's what happened. And tell us about the recruitment from Notre Dame. Well, they had some, uh, well, Mike Graney's father drove us there for a a visit to see uh, the campus and all that. And really, I got an offer from the letter from the head coach after he saw me play in Mishawaka against Mishawaka. And uh, after that game, of course, that senior year, we were 20 and 0, so we were top rated in the state. And uh, when he offered me a four-year scholarship on in the letter, uh, and that's where my mother wanted me to go because she was from Plymouth, Indiana. Uh, that's where I went because that's how I could, the only place I could get to. I was on the South Shore radio tra- train. What other? Place, so that's basically what happened. What other team? What other college would you have wanted to go to if you would not have had a problem with travel? <laughs> well, I did like Marquette, and I did have good connections to, you know, friends from Purdue and Indiana. So those would be would have been my other choices, but once again, mm-hmm. uh, the travel. No one ever mentioned. Don't worry about it. We'll get you there, or nobody ever mentioned. Uh, there's buses going that way, uh, but all I knew, and that's all I remember, was the South Shore train, and I could I could get there, and uh, that's what happened. Coach, share your stories about your Indiana All-Star experience between Indiana and Kentucky. Oh, what a great experience. Uh, uh, the coaches and the staff, uh, the practices were uh, great. And uh, all I remember was uh, Oscar and I were one of the few guys that played pass break in high school. The others were slow type, uh, etc. So somehow I was number 10 and uh, uh, in the practices I think they saw maybe I had some spark in me and so forth. And uh, I have broadcast over the years uh, the greatest thrill of my life was playing in that game at Butler Fieldhouse, and I hit eight out of eight free throws, you know, with uh, 12 or 13 or 14,000 people. And uh, <laughs> I still remember going to Louisville and uh, making two out of three free throws, and the third one, or the one I missed, went halfway in and came out. <laughs> <laughs> so otherwise, I would have had. Uh, you know, 10 for 10 or 11 for 11 or whatever. But uh, I was always 
you know, good in free throws. But under pressure, that's another story. Well, you also too, you guys put a pretty big whooping on them the second game, one hundred two to seventy seven, I think, down in Louisville. Well, that's another good story because when we went to Louisville, uh, word came out that we can't go to the show because the whites uh, wouldn't permit our three play, uh, black players. So we went to the black theater, and there was no problems. And uh, another great experience of of the All-Star was back in Indianapolis, uh, where they drove us around the Indianapolis 500, and I couldn't believe that the car was going 90-95. But that was another experience that, uh, that we had. And uh, another great experience was in Louisville, we stayed in the hotel next door to the Peel House that we played, and we walked over to their uh, gymnasium in our uniforms. They didn't go to the locker room or anything else. We went right from our hotel room to the gymnasium in our uniform, which was quite different. Uh, Coach, I, I, I was reading up on that 1956 uh, Indiana-Kentucky All-Star Series, and and was this guy that I'm getting ready to name a character, or was he a myth, or was it a legend, uh, King Kelly Coleman? I just read about him again. We had heard so much that he scored 35 points a game and all that stuff. So we knew we were in uh, uh, for a, a good player. But I don't know what happened. I don't know uh, the circumstances, but he had uh, two games below his caliber, which really helped uh, the Indiana team uh devastate uh, Kentucky in those two games. Yeah, I read where he said he was going to put 50 up on you guys and I think uh, I think he only scored 17. So you guys you guys kind of put him in his place, I guess. Yeah, I maybe Oscar had a, a special uh whammy against him. I don't know, but uh whatever it was, it worked. Once you got to the University of Notre Dame, of course freshmen couldn't play basketball, but did you feel like you made the right decision? Were you nervous? And, and tell us a little bit about your career at the University of Notre Dame. Wow. I I went there, and freshmen were not eligible. And as a result, it was a wasted year. And we only had one or two scrimmages games against a junior college in Michigan. And as a result, uh, I was wondering about what the other schools were doing. You know, Cincinnati, uh, we heard that they beat the varsity and uh, Wilt beat the varsity at Kansas. But uh, we never had the, I never had the opportunity under that program at Notre Dame to even uh, scrimmage with the varsity. Uh, so it was a wasted year. And then sophomore year, I'm behind a All-American guard, Bobby Devine, and the coach uh, uh, didn't play a lot of people. He didn't substitute, uh, you know, for the experience. 
So sophomore year was a wasted year. And to make a long story short, senior year in January, I blew out my knee, and that was the end of my career. So some of these kids in college today are playing more games freshman year than I played in four years. (laughs) But the main object, and I remember going to Notre Dame when they promised you a scholarship in those days, uh, they kept their word. There were many uh, football players that never played a down because they got in a car accident during the summer or something or other. And uh, that is something I had to uh, go through uh, and get an education. And I did struggle with my academics four years plus two summer schools, but I eventually made it. Coach, while you were at Notre Dame, was I mean, when did the light click on that you wanted to be a coach once you graduated and you wanted to teach? Or did, oh. or did that happen at, you know, after you graduated? Or, you know, how did you figure out what direction you wanted to go after graduating? Well, that's another good story because uh, after my knee injury and surgery senior year, uh, or even junior year, uh, I was always a coach on the floor. That's what some of the coaches told me. And that's when I started taking uh, uh, education electives. And uh, once I got out of uh, Notre Dame, uh, I still had trouble with my knee. And uh, I had to go back because of its swelling. And so I kind of missed a lot, but I did go to uh, education courses in East Chicago. So, yes, that started my career in coaching. And once again, my grade school coach said, why don't you call no? And uh, because they need some help uh, with age, one of the business teachers is uh, ailing. And that's when I got in there uh, as a beginning teacher in 61-62 on a waiver because I was taking those uh, education courses. And that's what started. I finally got my master's in 1980 or so. What was the first sport you started coaching at Mel when you got there? Well, my first year I was – uh, assistant track and uh, my second year uh, ET assistant basketball and head baseball. So that kept me going uh, right away. I'm head baseball coach and uh, assistant basketball. So that got me started in the coaching uh, area and, and uh, what I have to do and how to do it and, and uh, learn uh, all the aspects of coaching. And uh, that was my start. But my uh, great things about coaching uh, deals with the clinics that I went to. And without those clinics, I wouldn't have had any success in uh, either sport 
because even though you might have played and everything else, there's always something more you have to learn. And the clinics that I went to, uh, I'll never forget uh, St. Louis with Johnny Wooden and Dean Smith. And then baseball clinics were mostly in South Bend and LaPorte, and they were way ahead of uh, most Hoosiers in the state regarding clinics. And uh, uh, that's what got me started was attending and learning and getting lucky, really. <laughs> what is your favorite sport to coach? Is it, was it basketball or was it baseball? I always get that question in, in the past that uh, I said I love them both, and I love coaching both of them. I ended up coaching baseball uh, when my two sons uh, played Babe Ruth for me, and we had a good Babe Ruth team in Lansing, Illinois, and uh, people still talk about, well, the kids still talk about how good we were and and so forth. And that ended my career in baseball. But uh, uh, I like them both. And, 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 I, and I still do. And I think it's also is like, it's like when basketball season's going on, you're like, ah, no, no, uh, baseball, I just, I just can't think about it. But then when baseball season starts, you're like, no, no, I can't think of basketball. Baseball's it. Does that make sense? No, no, I, I like them all. In other words, it's funny. But I like to watch football on TV, you know, the Chicago Bears. And uh, I like to scout uh, the games and the coaches and the strategy and uh, the defense. And so all of the sports intrigue me from a scouting uh, perspective. And uh, that's why I'm still involved in it, you know, watching it mainly. At what point, you guys won the second ever uh, Indiana High School State uh, Association, or sorry, the baseball state championship in 1968. When you got these kids four years earlier, did you know that you had something special with uh, the Hammond baseball team? No, 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 no. Those were the days where, uh, unlike the travel ball today and the games that my grandson is now 15, I can't believe his his schedule of games in the summer and travel ball. But no, we didn't, we didn't have a uh, program like they have today. In fact, when I played at Bishop Knoll in the fifties, uh, we only had one team and freshmen were not allowed to go out. So it was only sophomores, juniors and seniors. Well, when I was coaching, we were in the same situation. We did not have a reserve, although we did get it started right about in the 60s. And uh, we really didn't have the coaches to handle the JB team, so to speak. Uh, so in 68, I was just playing with kids that played Legion ball. In fact, I had some kids try out that never, never even played summer baseball. Wow. So times were different. And the, the thing about uh, 
that year, 68, I was coaching American Legion baseball also during the summer because I was single. And uh, I had heard reports in the uh, previous years that India is going to have a state tournament pretty soon. And uh, so I was kind of prepared, you know, with Legion ball and getting kids to play in the summertime because I was involved as a coach of Hammond Post 428. And uh, so a lot of my other kids were uh, playing for East Chicago Post 369 or whatever. And uh, so that's how it started. But a real good story about 1968, uh, we were... like 12 and five and my second pitcher was 0 and three starting the tournament and i talked to him earlier about getting a third pitch you know to get improved and he said well i threw a knuckler well i said well why don't you start throwing it (laughs) so maybe from may 10th or so he started throwing that knuckler for a changeup And one of the great things that happened in 68, uh, we went to Lake Central and Al Polarczyk was the coach at Lake Central. And they beat us like six to two. Well, after the game, we stayed at the park and talked. And I told them that I heard you guys were all-stars in Babe Ruth and Little League, but boy, I haven't seen it uh, in in high school ball. And uh, we stayed there, and the other team was done showering and honking at us, but we still talked, okay? And would you believe, after that game, let's say about May 10th, we never lost another game that year. Wow. They went out and proved to me that we're better than you think we are. And eventually, you you said it, we won one to nothing in a state championship. And the kid I was telling you about, that was his third win of the year. He won the sectional championship, the regional championship, and the state championship. And he ended up a season at three and three. So that was a lucky year. And I'll say this. uh, We faced in the regional East Chicago, Washington, and they had a young pitcher, a freshman, by the name of Tim Stoddard. I wonder if you ever heard of him. Yes, I have. (laughs) Went on to play for the Baltimore Orioles. And uh, he also played at North Carolina State in basketball and also the Chicago-Washington State Championship undefeated basketball team, uh, you know, four years later. So that would be 72. And we beat him because of the defense. And we went, we were mostly speed and small ball and all that. And uh, so that was another exciting thing about 1968 state championship baseball and it 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 was so memorable because those kids uh took it upon themselves uh 
to uh, make me uh, look good <laughs> after I told him uh, they, I'm not seeing all-stars uh, from Babe Ruth and Little League. What was it like playing in Bush Stadium? I mean, uh, my grandfather took me to baseball games from 1974 to 1987, and, and I loved that ballpark. What was it like playing there, knowing some of the history of some of the ballplayers that went through there? Oh, I was in there uh, as a fan uh, when Pete Rose was playing with uh, Cincinnati, and we saw some of the minor league games and everything else. So I was uh, familiar with uh, Victory Field or Bush Stadium, whatever they call it. <laughs> and uh, my kids uh, took to it because we played at Brock Stadium in East Chicago. So we, we had a little experience playing in a stadium, so to speak. Uh, and uh, it had no effect, but to me it was always a... <laughs> always a thrill and let me give you one more statement here when my buddy and i would go to a triple a game this is when we were single to victory field uh one day we had box seats uh on the first baseline and it started to rain so the three kids that were on the tarp i asked them if they wanted any help they said, yeah, we could use your help. So me and my buddy went out there and on the ground crew and uh, helped them with the tarp on the infield. And that was a great thrill, too, that people can't believe it actually happened. Coach, after winning the state championship in 68, and uh, did you have the possibility of actually leaving uh, the Hammond area to go coach other places? Or did you just decide that's where you wanted to where you wanted to be or – did uh, you know? Did anything come about because of your state championship? No. Uh, now I'm married, and we're starting to have children. And the thought came to my mind that I'm going to get out of baseball. And now I got the head basketball job at Noel. So I'm going to try to win the state championship in basketball now. So no, that thought never came to me and uh, the reason why I left Noel is my license ran out and I was going to go into another profession once my license went out in 1974 but uh, I was talked into uh, further schooling and talked into a license by my high school baseball coach and he was now the assistant uh, superintendent in Whiting. So that's why I went to Whiting uh, for two years, because he uh, helped me out and got me going in the uh, license field again. And uh, that's why I stayed in education. And Coach, was it, was it bittersweet, or did you really love that, you know, your 1978 Gladiators team won the um, uh, program's first sectional title, winning the Hammond sectional? Uh, yeah, it was, uh, it, wait, that in, in 73, I think, oh, boy, that was, we were in East Chicago. The State of Indiana Association played games with Noel sometimes because we're located 
in the middle of East Chicago and Hammond, away from those two sectional centers, so we could be transferred either way. Well, that year we were in the East Chicago sectional, and uh, an amazing thing happened. Uh, in the first game of the tournament, Hobart defeated East Chicago Washington in the first game of the tournament. And in the second game, uh, Hammond Knoll upset East Chicago Roosevelt. And that's when uh, that was a historic event where the two East Chicago teams were upset on the same night. And that kind of excited all the region fans, so to speak. The uh, Hobart Brickies, what a great team name. Oh, yeah, and they had an outstanding football career with state championships, and they had an outstanding uh, uh, player, Dubonetsky, who later played uh, college football, and uh, they had outstanding coaches at that time in basketball, and he later left to somewhere else in Indiana, I don't know. But uh, Hoosier hysteria is, has been around a long time, let's put it that way. Coach, in that Lafayette semi-state, did you guys have a chance to beat South Bend Adams, or was it a, a blowout? No. Uh, in the, They had a 17-point lead at halftime, and I told my team, uh, we got to knock it down to 10 by the fourth quarter. We got it down to two and we missed a couple shots and they, uh, took it up to eight again, right away. So that was the best we could do at that point. But no, it was, uh, uh, another great game, but the coach made a few mistakes and that 17-point lead at halftime should have never happened, but it did. I think they out-coached uh, me, and I think they out-scouted uh, me, <laughs> and that's what happened. Coach, tell us a little bit about your, your children, and within that, tell us how you got to go to that Indiana-Kentucky game uh, this past month, month and a half, and and you got to be honored with all the Indian, other Indiana All-Stars. Well, my children, uh, and I have three, two, two boys and a girl, uh, and they had heard, well, they were involved in uh, my activities uh, from the time they were born, really, and they had heard things and so forth, but the... Uh, the trip to Indianapolis on June 11th was special for them because they were able to uh, experience uh, something that their father had gone through and they had heard about but not be a part of, so to speak. And the Facebook and the Internet has been going wild and... uh all of them, plus their friends uh, that went to Indianapolis, they're so happy and they're still talking about it. 
and still excited. And uh, in fact, yesterday I was going through the uh, Facebook uh, talk and the pictures and the program and all the information. Uh, and it was a, a special occasion for the family. Uh, Coach Bradkey, what do you do in retirement? Oh, that is a great uh, question because <laughs> I love retirement. Uh, I retired at 63 and a half uh, after 41 years in the high schools in Indiana. And uh, because of my background, uh, you know, with my parents, my mother being from Plymouth, Indiana, uh, was a part of 13 kids and all of them grew up in Plymouth area at a farm. And eventually her and my dad bought a 40 acres in 1966. Well, when my dad died, I kind of had to take care of my mother. Uh, and that got me started in gardening and farm life and so forth. So we would drive to Plymouth every weekend and even spend weeks there. Plus I had uh, my, my own family to take care of. So, that is where I'm at today. I'm still involved in so many things that uh, retirement has been great. I've learned how to shop. <laughs> learned how to. Uh, <laughs> I learned how to uh, take care of uh, the house and take care of the lawn and uh, I and stay busy. And uh, as a result. Retirement has been great for me because I stay busy. Was it special or did it spark the memories that uh, of that fabulous 1956 All-Star experience seeing uh, Oscar again? Yes. Uh, they, they always heard about Oscar and myself, uh, the stories about it and so, so forth. And he looked so healthy and so much in shape and so much uh, of an ambassador to not only uh, Indiana basketball, but to uh, the nation, really, because everybody knows Oscar Robertson. He he was so kind. I sent a photo to his address in Cincinnati, and he autographed it for me and sent it back. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's a special person uh, from the, the days uh, that I met him as a sophomore in high school and played against him. And then again, uh, he was so kind to uh, take a picture for my family, my kids. And now we have tremendous memories of dad being with Oscar. <laughs> uh, in fact, one of my neighbors, I gave him a picture and he said, uh, uh, his barber, I want to see that picture, your buddy and, and Oscar Robertson. So he's going to show it to him the next time he gets a haircut. Well, Coach Bradkey, thank you so much. I kept you a little bit long, but thank you so much for spending an hour with us, uh, helping to keep the nostalgia alive and sharing your story about uh, uh, Hammond a life, and a life and coaching. I appreciate it. And thank you so much, and I'm sure everybody's going to enjoy listening to it. 
Well, I hope so, Billy, because it's been an interesting experience for me. And uh, you had tremendous uh, questions that uh, I kind of was ready for because of my experiences uh, through life in the uh, Hoosier Stereo land. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thanks, Billy.